0: This is the story of Millie and Ben, who were living in a 550-square-foot studio apartment in the city that they loved. After COVID, they realized that they just couldn't stay in that little place anymore, so they moved out of the city that they loved, and they started planning to buy a home. Now, you got to hear the numbers, because a couple years later, they found the podcast, and then they found the unicorns. They realized that they could purchase this home for $435,000 with only $17,000 down. And next thing you know, they're back in the town that they love and they did the math and they realized, wow, for the past four years, we spent $70,000 in rent. And for only $17,000, we have a beautiful double the size of where we live now, Three bedroom home, and we're going to be gaining equity and living the good life moving forward. Check out this interview. Okay, homies, this is my favorite part of doing the show. It's the success stories. I've got Millie and Ben, but Ben works nights and he's sleeping. So Millie's going to give us the whole rundown. They purchased back in August. Oh my gosh, was it that long ago? When did you buy?
1: Yeah, it was August of last year.
0: Last year. That's awesome. Now that they're all settled, we're going to get some tips and insights for you guys. Millie, say hello to the homies and the homies are really nice people, but they just want to know what the hell you did. Go ahead and give them uh, your best tip that you learned as someone who succeeded through this process.
1: Yes, I have a few things that I jotted down for this. Just through listening to your podcast, I learned that unlike all of our friends have been saying, there's no housing market crash that's coming. And then also just people trying to time the market, like a lot of people our age are interested in buying a house we're like, late 20s, early 30s. And people are trying to buy at the bottom of the market and things like that. And after just listening to everything that you had said, we were like, this doesn't sound like a good idea to just keep throwing away money renting. So we're gonna try to get in the game now. And know that we're just going to buy somewhere along that mountain, not at the top, not at the bottom, probably somewhere along the middle. And then I think the biggest thing was just Feeling comfortable using our 401ks to make that down payment because otherwise, I don't think we would have been able to do it. Getting some information about that from you was super helpful.
0: That's great. This morning, someone from my video guy sent me a TikTok where there was someone talking about Gen Z, which you're probably a millennial.
1: Yeah, barely. 95, barely.
0: (laughs) You know, talking about how the boomers telling them, oh, you're lazy. And the Gen Z like, it's harder now. Yeah, <laughs> There is an expense. You talking about so many different things there. That's awesome. It takes a while for people to understand it. But number one, you're never going to time the market and buy at the bottom. And then there is no crash coming. And yeah, you might have to think about using your 401k and whatever. And it's not going to be like it was 30 years ago. Tell us your story. First of all, if the people out there want to know what part of the country did you end up? You're in Oregon, right?
1: Yeah, we're in Oregon. Our house is in a city called Forest Grove. And we have lived here before. We rented our first apartment here together in 2019. So same city. We moved after two years or so in that apartment because it was like a 550 square foot studio apartment that we survived lockdown and COVID in and everything. and
0: You got the post-COVID itchies and had to get some space?
1: Yeah, we were like, we're not ready to buy a house now. We wanted to even then, even in like 2021 at the end, I think is when we moved, but we just didn't have like the knowledge or think that we would have been ready at that time, but we needed some space. And so we moved to Beaverton, which is not far from Forest Grove, a little further from work for both of us. But we moved there just because we could afford a slightly bigger apartment there with an actual bedroom instead of just a studio. Yeah, we moved out there, but we always had planned on coming back here. I ended up finding your podcast this summer. And I just decided that we needed to make the move. That's kind of what happened.
0: Wait, you found the podcast in the summer, but you closed August 21st. Went fast.
1: Did go fast. I don't know what, when summer technically starts, but I think I found the podcast mid to late June.
0: That's still quick.
1: It's quick. Yeah, mid to late June, and then we closed August 21st. It was very fast, much faster than I had expected.
0: Well, that's good. I'm glad that you took advantage of that because yeah. sometimes people will start listening and they'll take six months before they buy. And I keep telling everyone right now, it looks like prices are going up. The sooner you're in, you're better. And your home, what was the price of the home that you closed on?
1: So it was listed at, I think, 430 And then we closed, we offered 435 but we asked for 5000 in closing costs from the seller. Kind of looked like a decent offer and they accepted that offer.
0: Okay, so that's a really good tip for everybody. You mm-hmm. basically gave them a net of their full price, but you got the 5000 and if you were pulling from referral 1K, obviously all your closing costs and your down payment was really stretching where you were with your savings. That 5000 probably helped a lot.
1: Yeah, we had had conversations with Brian, our realtor, just about like, we didn't know exactly how much we were going to need to put down with the down payment and the closing costs. But we knew that whatever it was, it most likely was going to be a stretch to get what we wanted in a home. This with where prices were at in the houses that we were interested in keeping some money in our pocket and maybe paying a slightly higher monthly payment sounded like that was going to be more beneficial to us. So he kind of came up with that idea for us.
0: Gotta love the unicorns. Brian's a great he is,
1: one. He is great. Yeah.
0: Really bright
1: very experienced, very bright, just really helped us through the whole process, answered all our questions and just learning from the podcast too, that we're not paying for our realtor. So why not have the best realtor that you get?
0: You know, and I, I just came from a conference, the people that I work with all over the country, we go and visit these different seminars. And I was talking to one of my good unicorns and she was talking about how she ended up doing the same kind of thing, getting a credit back for one of, my listeners, and she's in Salt Lake City. And we just decided last night, and I'm going to go to AI today and make a badass unicorn, like with a <laughs> spike collar and a mohawk, because I have all these unicorns all over my office, but they're all fluffy and stuff. And she's like, I negotiated my ass off for those people. And I was like, Yes, we're badass unicorns.
1: Seriously. Yes, you guys are. <laughs>
0: That experience is really helpful just to understand and look at all the variables you're dealing with there. You're having questions about timing. You're coming back into a home. You took the advice of the podcast to get off your ass and move. And yet all these things feel like, oh, I have to do this, that and the other. And yet the beautiful ending of the story is you didn't compromise. You picked the city and you got the city you wanted.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it was actually pretty crazy because the house was it was listed on a thursday morning and we had it set up so where we would get notifications from brian's mls when a house came up within like our parameters so i got that email i actually looked at it on zillow just because zillow is more like user friendly after i got the email so i looked at it on zillow and then i texted brian i was headed into work but i texted him and told him we were interested in the house without talking to ben i just made the decision that. (laughs) We needed to look at this house. So I texted him and he actually set up a a viewing for us that evening after work. I was on my way home from work. Ben was actually headed into work, but we were able to meet up with Bren at the house. And we looked at it and it really was kind of perfect. Yeah, we looked at it that night. I told Ben I wanted to put an offer in on it. And he was like, I don't know. It's actually the first house that we looked at. And he was kind of hesitant to... Just because we hadn't looked at anything else and I was like, you know, it's perfect. It's exactly what we want. It's in the neighborhood that we want. It has the three bedrooms, the three bathrooms. What else could it's a standalone, a freestanding house. What else could we really ask for? And so he, I got him to agree to make the offer. So I made the offer the next day and then went from there.
0: Wow, a couple of good tips came out of that, homies. It's okay to write an offer on the first house. Now I will put the caveat in there that you knew the area you had lived mm-hmm. there. I'm sure that the location had a big part to do with that, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, this is the location that we wanted. And we just knew that you can change a lot about a house. You can't change where it is. We got to get the right location.
0: Write it down, homies. Put it in your brain. They say location, location, location for a reason. And then the Thursday night, there's something very smart about that. The fact that your unicorn was able to get there. Another little homie tip for people. It is true. Get your notifications from the realtors because they come from the MLS as fast as possible because that's the realtor to realtor connection. But then go ahead and go look on Zillow and someplace else to actually, because the MLSs are janky. But then that's awesome. That Thursday night, and I love it. I've got graveyard people too all the time. And we have the overnight people and we do that. One coming home from work, one going to work. By doing that Thursday night, you got your offer in before open houses happened and you kind of snaked it.
1: Yes. Our offer went in on Friday and then we put it to expire Saturday at 530 or five or whatever it was. Yeah. They didn't initially accept it. They actually wanted to have their open houses and that they said they liked the offer, but they wanted to have their open houses because it had just gone on the market and they, they didn't expect to have an offer like the next day. Which is understandable. It's kind of a smaller city, interest rates are kind of high, and maybe they just didn't expect it to go. But we were kind of like, okay, Ben and I were a little bummed about it. But we knew that it was still possible that the offer could be accepted. We told Brian, we wanted to look at a house, we found a couple other houses the next day this is Saturday. And then Saturday evening, yeah, Brian texted us saying that they decided to accept our offer because he had mentioned to their realtor that he was going to take us to look at some other houses and thought maybe they got nervous or what have you. They ended up accepting the offer that, that evening. We did go look at a house the next day, but I was pretty sure that this is the one that we were going to go for.
0: There is something to be said about experience that I talked to you guys about the unicorns and how important it is, but Having a unicorn or someone on the unicorn team who has been through the entire gamut, we understand what the listing agent is thinking too because we've been on that side as well. I would immediately think, well, this guy's going to want it. If he's any good or she's any good, they're going to want to show the house Saturday, Sunday, even though we're full price. If we came in 50000 over and waived the appraisal, great. And so knowing that and then also realizing with you guys, love and appreciate your trust. Thank you very much. But of course, I'll show you some other homes on Saturday. You know, make sure that you're really comfortable with it. Okay. Talk to us about some nitty gritty stuff. I know you were in your studio apartment, your other apartment a little further out. What was the change in monthly payment for you guys?
1: Yes, it was quite a jump. So our rent at the time, I think it was like 1500 1600 somewhere around there, which was very doable for us but we felt like we were throwing away money because we're renting it's not going to anything I actually ended up calculated i was curious how much money we'd spent renting in the four or so years that we had been renting together. And it was close to $70,000 between the two of us. And I was just like, I can't, we've got to like not do this anymore. I mean, just thinking about if you had that cash in your pocket, putting that down on a house that could have been huge, and then trying to scrape it up from our 401ks. But anyway, that's in the past and we can only move forward.
0: Don't you dare, but anyway that. (laughs) That is a very important fact. $70,000. Now, I would think if I met you out in the real world that you're in your early 20s, but you sort of intimated that you're not.
1: Yeah, I'm 28. My boyfriend is he's 30 when we we were actually 27 and 29 when we started the process. So we both had a birthday since then.
0: My gift to the people is I hope that there's a million ban out there who are 24 and 26 and listening to you because yeah, exactly. we just gave them $70,000.
1: Yeah. And if I can do that for anybody, then that's exactly why I would want to do this. Our mortgage right now, it's about 3,300. It's That's a jump for sure. We actually started to try to make practice payments somewhere in July by just putting that I didn't know what our mortgage was going to be, but I guesstimated like 3000 So it's obviously a little higher than that. But we basically would put whatever we were going to be responsible for paying for that mortgage into our savings and then just lived on, paid our bills on the rest of it. So that did help a little bit. We saved for a little bit. Obviously, it was a pretty fast turnaround from when we started the process to when we purchased the home. But we did do that just to like make ourselves feel better about that we could do it.
0: When you were paying that fifteen or sixteen, I know you weren't putting probably all the way up to your practice payment, but were you putting some money away monthly into a savings account?
1: Yeah, we really started to dial that in earlier in twenty twenty three particularly me. I don't know we're at slightly different level compensation levels with our work. Ben and I are similar, but a little different, and I was trying to put away a good amount just knowing that this was a goal for us, so I think I was doing. 20 or 25%. And I wasn't really doing anything before that. I had a little bit just from previously saving and all those like COVID big payments that you got from the government and whatever, just throwing that in savings and stuff like that. We had saved a little bit, but really tried to make those practice payments when we knew we were going to do this.
0: Well, the mentality shift in the rent replacement strategy that I'm trying to explain to people, and I don't think I've ever said this out loud before. Your rent replacement strategy isn't replace your rent with a mortgage. It's truly replace your rent and your monthly savings that you're doing with a mortgage, because those combined numbers now can become your mortgage payment and your home is a forced savings account.
1: Yeah, that's kind of exactly how I saw it. Whenever you were explaining making the practice payments as well, whatever I'm putting in savings now As long as I have a little bit of extra that can go into the mortgage payment, because we're both young, we expect increases in pay over time. And even just talking to Brian, thinking like, let's stretch a little bit now, because it is a a stretch for us where we're at now. But let's stretch a little bit now to feel comfortable in the home that we plan to be in for probably five to seven years. At the end of three, four years, we're not like busting out at the seams and wanting something bigger,
0: It's a balancing game. I get, I'm majorly empathetic for people who don't want to feel house poor is the phrase that people get to me all the time. But my best logical, not old boomer man saying, this is what you do, house poor or $70,000 poor. There's opportunities anywhere and you have a great attitude and it is true. I've been, I heard someone else say this and I stole it, that the hardest your mortgage payments are ever going to be are the first three years that you own your home. Because you, you've you been used to your rent going up and well, that's stopped. So you're going to have your payments going to be fixed and you're young and three to five years in suddenly you're going to go, whoo, hey, I haven't had a rent increase in five years and that payment doesn't feel so bad. Yeah, exactly. Wow. This is, I'm going to copy this blueprint this on. Here's all the reasons why and where you can go. And if anyone's watching the video, you can see she's so happy and smiley. It makes me <laughs> feel great. Was there anything else about the home buying process? I know we've kind of gone through a lot here, but any other tips you want to throw out there?
1: I don't think I've heard you speak about this before. You may have, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. But one cool thing that Brian did when we went under contract, which I didn't even realize until afterwards, but he wrote into the contract that the inspection period, which would normally begin, I think right after the offer is accepted, he had it not begin until the sellers secured their home that we weren't having to pay for an inspection in a home that we weren't going to get anyways. I thought that was a cool thing of him to do.
0: It is very tricky. We call these contingent purchases on contingent purchases. If And that's another reason why in a competitive market, this is really important that you have a unicorn who has negotiated every type in buyer's markets and seller's markets. We know you didn't have to offer ten or $15,000 over right at the beginning because you were offering them something else. It's not just about price. The understanding of these people need to secure another home. They don't want to be homeless. You know, they had the option to sell the house, move out, and rent for a month or two. But you gave them the perfect scenario for them. And because of that, you got $5,000 back and your time period didn't get affected and you were safe. That's a really cool thing. That's awesome.
1: It was really cool. And the sellers really were actually quite easy to work with. Brian even commented that it doesn't always go this easy just because first house, first offer accepted. And I think they asked for a 35 day closing period. They needed a little bit more time. They had like three kids and stuff like that. You know, there was that, but that wasn't really a big deal to us we were actually going month to month so we didn't have to buy out of our lease or anything like that we had that to offer to them just the time
0: and did you do crossover at the end did you stay for a couple extra weeks in the apartment so you didn't have to rush out of there
1: we paid for all of august we closed august 21st we moved on the 26th and we pretty much did most of our moving in one day we went back to the apartment a few times clean up and stuff. But I think there was like maybe two weeks of crossovers. Even if we had paid for an extra month, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But that felt like it was going to be plenty for us.
0: Two weeks, especially if you don't have a ton of stuff. I always tell people at least a week, if not two, but that's perfect. I just want to make sure the homies aren't trying to plan it. That two weeks of extra payment is so worth it. Not to mention the fact that your first mortgage payment, if you closed on August 21st, You get to September 1st and you don't have a mortgage payment. Your mortgage payment isn't until the end of September. You were in there for six weeks before you send your first check.
1: Yes, I really was negligible that last couple of weeks. And I definitely didn't want, I'm very much so a planner and I had no intentions of making our last day lease, our first day moving in. That was not going to happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Even though you are a planner and you could have pulled it off, you realized, why oh, put myself under the stress?
1: Exactly. Unnecessary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, well, let's talk fairytale fun. You've been in there six months now. How's it going?
1: Yeah, it's great. We haven't done a ton to the house. We've done a few little things. So we've done like a little bit of caulking in the kitchen and one of our guest bathrooms. We had a rotting plank under one of the exterior windows that we fixed that in the summer. I would like to do some painting. We haven't really gotten around to it. Ben's in school and we both work full time. So we're both pretty busy. We're kind of ships passing in the night to like half of the week with working at night and me working during the day. So we haven't done a ton. But we need to do a little bit of wall work, painting, and stuff like that. But we're so happy. We went from 630, 50 square feet, something like that, to like 1,300 square feet, having a garage and three bedrooms and three bathrooms and just space for us to breathe. Yeah, we're just honestly so happy.
0: Well, and the fun thing is here we are six months in and you're talking about Physical breathing space. And in the next six months, we're going to be talking about financial breathing space for yeah. you.
1: Yeah, exactly. We both have just gotten small increases in pay. We know things are going to get easier. It's just patience and time and being a little frugal right now and knowing that'll lead us to financial freedom in the future.
0: You're getting equity. I mean, because the market's still going up. Now, I didn't even ask you, what did you guys end up doing for a down payment?
1: Oh, so we did. An FHA loan. So we did three and a half percent down payment. Yeah, we did that. So all in it actually closing costs was like between 17 and $18,000. It was not a lot for what we got.
0: You're just above the national average right now. And the summarization of your story is very simple. And the reason why I started the podcast a long time ago so that people could hear this if you do the math and realize that you have been paying $70,000 for the four years that you've been renting together, find $20,000 and prepare, practice a new payment, and you can buy the average home in America. That's an incredible story.
1: We couldn't have done it without you and you know Brian and Kelly. I didn't talk a lot about Kelly and her team, but they honestly were also just incredible. They educated us with my first conversation with them was just straight. They educated us on the process and what it looked like and gave us an example of if you buy this much home, this is what the cost breakdown looks like. And yeah, just working with all of you has been so incredible. And we couldn't have gotten here without all of you. We're so thankful.
0: It is nice because the court team is a unicorn lending team and you've got the unicorn realtor and I always get very excited to hear that the first conversation isn't, okay, you're approved. Let's go look at houses. It's actually planning. And you still felt like you got that planning conversation and you still moved at warp speed.
1: Yeah, I know. It was So fast. I just did not expect it to happen like that. But sometimes it just works out, I guess. And we were ready to a degree. I think during COVID, we had done kind of some back work on Ben's credit because it wasn't at a level where we could use both of our incomes at that time to purchase, to put on a loan. And so we had done, this is prior to finding you and everything, but we'd done a secured credit card for him. Smart. Yeah. That got his credit score up to a very Quite a good score, actually. And then after listening to some of your episodes, we asked his mom to make him an authorized user, and that bumped it up a significant amount, actually. My dad did that for me a long time ago when I was a teenager, and my credit was actually in in an okay spot.
0: Authorized user. Magic bullet, baby.
1: Seriously. It was like 30 or 40 points. I mean, it was pretty insane how much it increased it.
0: It can be double because the history is huge. But if your parents that you're getting it from or if they have big available credit as well, then you get the double dip. I think when I became an authorized user on my dad's card, the card I had would have been when I was seven years old that he got me on. So I got credit history from 1977 and he always has like it's like a forty thousand dollar card and he keeps it between five and eight thousand dollars. <laughs> like, OK, yeah.
1: yeah. the other thing I did was I actually, when we got kind of closer to closing, I um, asked for a credit line increase with one of my cards just to help get me closer to that like 7% sweet spot or I don't remember the number exactly, but to help with that.
0: It is 7% and is where you want your debt to be on your credit card. If you have a $10,000 card, you want it to be down there at 7% or whatever it is but you're asking for that. Those are three of the quick ones that I think people need to know about authorized user. If you don't have an authorized user, that's fine. I like the people that don't have an authorized user even more because that means that they're the first person in their family to get their crap together. And I'm like, that's awesome for them. But what you did, the secured credit card, such a huge thing. And you take secured credit card plus credit increases and it does amazing stuff for you. Well, this is all very exciting keep listening to the podcast. I can't find him right now, but I just found some dude on Instagram and who helps with like tips around the house, like how to clean filters and water things and all that stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, this guy's awesome. I clicked on him to send him a message. And my freaking wife follows him. I'm like, honey, have a podcast for people in houses. Like, why didn't you tell me about this guy?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny.
0: (laughs) I'm going to send it to you because now you're a homeowner and he just has all these cool little tips to help you keep up to it.
1: That's perfect. She was gatekeeping him from you. She wanted him all to herself.
0: (laughs) I know. And in a way, I was like, I can't believe she didn't send it to me and put it on the honeydew list. Like, he tells me how to clean these gross things. Go do it.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> Millie, this was awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Great information in there for all the homies and congratulations to you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it and everything you've done for us.
0: Absolutely. Thanks.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: So, for those of you that listen to the podcast all the time, I know that you're probably sick and tired of hearing me. This is a great way to learn and educate yourself on some very important things that I talk about timing the market the crash or no crash. We're talking about getting into the game. I did an entire episode called get off your ass and Millie's far too nice to say something like that, but her realization of needing to get into the game was another real life version of the philosophies that I'm trying to help you guys find using their 401k. She touched on that a little bit, erasing the fear of that. At the end, there was great pieces on building your credit And all these understandings and these tips, this is awesome for me because now you get to understand this isn't just me spouting theories to you. This isn't stuff that sounds like a good idea that I heard in a seminar. This is stuff that the unicorns know how to do. There was a lot of great talk about Brian and about Kelly Court and the home lending team. There is an absolute incredible, I've said incredible 50 times in this podcast recap right now, but... There is an unlimited resource of knowledge of things that benefit you. The unicorns have seen it all and their ability to be able to negotiate for you changes your options. A lot of people think their options are just in when I go out and when I look at houses, how deep the research I do, how many places I look at. Your options actually come to you in a million different variables. You've got a million different financial structures, not a million, but there are a lot of different financial structures. And if you don't have a unicorn lender and a unicorn realtor, they're not going to know about that. The ability to be able to have the experience to know all the creative options for you. That is the reason for unicorn to help you not just understand the whole process of buying a home but then to be able to be a badass unicorn and get you the best deal and get it done and show you options like they started in June and by July, they were writing an offer for three and a half percent down on a $435,000 house. They're in with $17,000, incredible. So many other great things in there. I said it again, man, I feel really incredible today. Great stuff in there. All you homies out there, Go back and listen to the other interviews if you haven't as well. There are very specific podcast titles that go back in the back catalog and in the back library for if you have questions about one specific thing, but to really get like a nice feel of how the process works and find out things maybe you didn't even know existed, check out the old interview episodes. There's a bazillion of them back there. Of course, we're still always on Instagram at how to buy a home podcast. TikTok is at how to buy a home. How to buy a home podcast is also where you want to go for the YouTube. We're going to be getting a lot of that up coming up in 2024. And if you are looking for a unicorn, now maybe you don't want to move this fast. Maybe you don't want to go in two months. Maybe you want to go in two years. Not a problem. Go to howtobuyahome.com, ask David, ask your question, click the button, and we'll get you in touch with the unicorn team that, like Millie said, even though they move quickly, when she talked to that unicorn lender, the first conversation was all about strategy and planning. And that's what we want everybody out there to be able to experience. There are millions of realtors. There are a few amount of unicorns and especially the badass unicorn, spike collars and mohawks. Check us out. Gang, million Ben did it. And guess what? You can too. You can do this.